You're listening to Radio Influence. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. I am your host, Tim Loy, joined by a whole uh, cast of characters this evening. Of course, Mark Laws in studio with me tonight. Also on the line, Greg Hopkins, Justin Watson. We're going to be recapping UFC 241, Cormier versus Miocic 2, as well as a brief preview this week of Bellator 225, which features our own Taylor Turner returning to the Bellator cage. We're going to speak to her tonight. She'll be our featured guest. We'll talk to her in just a little bit. And we're also going to get on the line Rebecca Brigman, who will be making her, she'll be making her uh, MMA debut. It's coming up on Valor 63 in two short weeks at the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. She'll be taking on Carmen Zamora Malegros, and uh, we're going to talk to her after we talk to Taylor. But before we get into all that, guys, we've got some recapping to do. Uh, of course, it was UFC 241 on pay-per-view this past weekend. Big card, uh, you know, Steve Miocic versus uh, Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight title and a big rematch there. We'll run down the card real quick. Uh, of course, we started things off with Sabina Mazzo, unanimous decision over Shayna Dobson. That was a, a fight that we all liked here last week, so hopefully everybody jumped on that. She uh, The odds flipped towards the end, and it went towards Mazzo, but still pretty affordable. Uh, Kyung Ho Kane gets a split decision win over Brandon Davis. Uh, Hannah Cyphers with a unanimous decision over Jody Esquibel. Uh, gentlemen, anything stand out to you on these early prelims here? I'll go to Greg. Uh, just the Mazo fight is the one that I really like on the book. And uh, really, I did decent on the prelims until the main card started, and my kind of not just took a big shit on me. Yeah, there was uh it was it was a weird night, you know. I felt like I was kind of the same. I was I was picking early good, uh, it, but then it, it towards the end it really it went off the rails. I started off pretty hot, and then it, it went shit. Uh, Justin, uh, thoughts on the early prelims? Couple uh, female wins. Anything uh, that is earth shattering? Um, <clears throat> I was impressed with uh, Jody Escabel. Um, you know, I, I think Hannah Cyphers was supposed to just kind of walk through her and. Um, you know, she she won the fight handily, but, you know, got taken down a few times and had to fight through some adversity. So um, it was nice to see Hannah Cyphers, uh, you know, deal with that and, and prevail. There were a lot of decisions on this card. All three of those fights were decisions. Moving on to the uh, prelims that were on ESPN, we had Casey Kinney pulling off a mild upset with the unanimous decision win over Manny Bermudez. Uh, that was another fight that we had an underdog that I liked that, that hit. Uh, Dracar Close wins a unanimous decision over Christos Yagos. Uh, I actually kind of like Yagos in that one, so I didn't get it. Uh, Corey Sandhagen, unanimous unanimous decision over Rafael Asuncao. Uh, Asuncao was nearly uh, two to one there, and I felt like there was value, but uh, I guess Sandhagen showing he's for real. And then finally, uh, rounding out the prelims, big upset, huge upset. Uh, Devontae Smith, who was minus 1,000, 10 to one. Uh, on the short notice replacement, comma worthy, who comes in and pulls off a huge upset with a big knockout left hook uh, in the first round to uh, knock off Devonte Smith, who was on fire up until that point. And a lot of people, including myself, had uh, overlooked comma worthy. So he uh, he uh, he absolutely uh, made me eat my words with a first round knockout. 
over Devontae Smith and uh, the betters that uh, went to uh, put some money down on Mr. Worthy got plus 750. So they he made a lot of fans there, I'm sure. And then the people that parlayed Devontae Smith, I'm sure that blew up a lot of parlays. Uh, guys, your thoughts on these uh, ESPN prelims, Justin? Yeah, so yeah. We, Penny and I went to Bristol this weekend. So I kind of just like put my DraftKings in, you know, and didn't really mess with it much. I didn't even put it in any more games except for ours. But um, everybody won except for, uh, you know, the biggest favorite on the card yeah. that I picked. So I, w- I had 572, but had had I had Worthy, you know, I would have I would have been damn almost 700 points. If I would have been in a big a big game, I could have won some, some cheddar. But uh, Corey Sandhagen looked great. I mean, um, you know, it was a big test against the Sunsells. The Sunsells, you know, been perennial top five for forever and um you know sunset got a few takedowns but sandhagen jumped back up every time um you know the kids kids long and rangy at bantamweight he's gonna be tough to deal with i think he's like 511 or something and um so he's got some some clear advantages over a lot of guys in that division and and he's super technical too so um we'll, i think we'll see a big jump for Corey sandhagen from there for sure greg your thoughts on the uh prelims here uh, like, well, I mean, yeah, I had, I had San Hagen, I had close, uh, and we all took Kenny there and, uh, but worthy, we talked about him last week and, you know, I did mention, I said, he is, uh, he is number one in Pennsylvania, let's say Pennsylvania. And I wasn't, I was like somewhat being kind of, you know, serious about that. Like, I mean, that's still like a big wrestling state. And if you're number one around there, you're beating some tough wrestlers in that competition. And the fact that they used to be old teammates, uh, you know, I wish I'd have known that information via pre, uh, you know, well before I made my bets on Devontae Smith and parlayed him with just about everybody because uh, when he got clipped on the circuit board right there behind his ear, he went <laughs> sleep, and uh, that was, it was over with. And that was when, uh, that's about the time my night took a big shit on me and said, hey, Greg, them, all that money just won. Yeah, go ahead and kiss it goodbye. And that's kind of what happens. The main card kind of went off the rails for me. Uh, leading off the main card, Derek Brunson, unanimous decision win over Ian Heinish. I think uh, I think some of us like Brunson there at Dog Money. Uh, the uh, second fight on the main card, Sadiq Youssef with a uh, TKO in the uh, first round, late in the first round, over Gabriel Benitez. He was a pretty heavy favorite there. And then uh, the feature bout, Paulo Costa. Uh, gets a unanimous decision win over Yoel Romero. Very close. A lot of people thought that one could have gone a different way, but uh, a lot of people thought it was right, too. Uh, this is where things got bad for me. Uh, I was On the podcast, I actually said I like Costa, but I will be uh, honest and let everybody know I didn't go that way. I went with Romero at the last minute and lost. Uh, I did get Brunson. And I left alone the Yusuf uh, Benitez fight. Uh, Greg? I went heavy heavy on the books on the uh on the Yusuf fight but i took under under one and a half rounds because i just thought that one of these guys was going to get a shot in uh but in spectacular fashion with that knockout there uh that was that was awesome he probably did he not get not who got knocked out of not do we even know uh, I can tell you, it was um, Kamara Worthy. Yeah, yeah, Worthy got that. And, and Stipe. Uh, okay. Yeah, Stipe. And then the fight of the night was Costa and Romero. Okay, got you, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I like that. Are we on the Costa fight, too? Because I kind of... Yeah, uh, we included that. Uh, yeah, I uh, I actually went with Romero, too, just because of the uh, 
the competition that Romero's been fighting versus uh, Costa's competition of, uh, you know, Uriah Hall, the toughest guy he's fought, and uh, they finished him. But still, I just uh, he, I still don't think he had proven himself. But the whole fight, he was absolutely, you know, people were iffy, and I thought he lost that fight, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I mean, go back and watch the fight because the whole fight basically consisted of him drilling Romero right in the mouth Yes. Romero sticking his tongue out, going, uh, uh, you know uh, what? You're uh, still, fuck, you're, yeah, you're still fucking getting hit, and you're <laughs> still losing on the scorecards. And people were seeing that, and they're like, oh, it ain't doing shit, ain't doing shit. And guess what? You're still getting fucking hit. So when people Damn. were bitching about the loss, I know, I know when he lost, I know when he lost because he was just eating them shots. And I was like, well, I'm losing my money here. So and you're you're uh, acknowledging to the layperson watching that. Well. I'm getting hit every time that you're making that face, you know, like someone who might think you're winning that <laughs> round, obviously you're losing that fucking round because you're showing that face every time. Just shut the fuck up exactly. and go on. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Uh, exactly. Justin, um, actually on, on that Costa and Romero fight, I, I thought something was going on with Romero from the beginning. I thought something was wrong with, with one of his knees or something. I mean, he, the way he was backing up, but, um, the significant strike count, Romero landed 125 to Costa's 118, and Romero landed a takedown. So I can understand, you know, about the numbers, it was a pretty close fight, but the thing was Costa was stalking him the whole time. I mean, Costa was advancing 48% of the time to Romero's 13% of the time or something. Um, I think that was the biggest difference maker, you know, was, was, was that Costa was pushing forward, you know, with pressure the whole time, but Romero, you know, ultimately landed more shots. Um, but I'm, I was impressed with Costa, man. I mean, Yoel Romero's a freak, dude. I mean, to be 42 years old and, and bodied up like that, you know, the guy's tough as hell. They both dropped each other in the first round. Um, it was, it was a definitely lived up to, to fight the night. Um, I was off base with, with the Brunson fight, man. I have a hard time with him because he's so hit or miss, you know, one, one day he's, he belongs up there with the top five, top 10, but you know, then you see him fight again. And like when he fought out of Sonya and he looks like he doesn't deserve to be in the UFC at all. So, uh, just depends on what, what Brunson comes out. And, you know, this one was determined and Heinish just kind of couldn't keep up the pace. Um, in the second and third round, he just kind of dwindled and, and Brunson took over. Co-made event was uh, kind of the, the fight that most people, I think, was was the most excited for. A lot of people split on which way it would go, but uh, in the end, it was a pretty dominant win for Nate Diaz, who returns after a, a lengthy hiatus. He gets a unanimous decision win over Anthony Showtime Pettis. Uh, I, I, I went Pettis on this one, and I was uh, way wrong. Uh, Mark? Man, the only time I've seen a, a guy take three years off and come back and be that dominant was uh, Greg Hopkins over that, that, that guy in the wheelchair. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Nate Diaz, how hard is that motherfucker, dude? That guy just took three years off and came in there and fucking smoked the number one 155-er in the world. Like, it wasn't shit. I mean, he beat the fuck out of him every round. So, it's uh, I, I thought something looked wrong with Pettis all night, too. You know, you, you just mentioned that about um, – about Yo Romero, I thought the same thing. It's almost like his knee was clicking and something was stopping him from going backwards the right way. Same thing with Pettis. He'd get caught up against the cage, and instead of countering off, he just wouldn't do anything. He would just kind of sit there and let Nate tee off on him. And I don't know if he thought he was just going to get tired or what happened, but, man, Nate they don't get tired. <laughs> Obviously not. Uh, with Justin, any surprise here for you? Um, Not really. I mean, one thing that Pettis has always done is – is he gets backed up behind those lines and, and gets pinned against the cage a lot and he doesn't circle off that well. Um, 
and when, when he gets stuck there, you know, he, he has to have distance in order to do what he wants to do. Um, in that fight, in the I think it was in the first round, you know, Nate, everybody always talks about how susceptible he is to the leg kicks, and Pettis threw a couple, and Nate checked one, uh, and it broke uh, Pettis's foot. So the second and third round, Pettis was on a, on a broken foot. So that played a factor in it. Um, but Excuses. Yeah, but Diaz is relentless, man. I mean, like, I don't know. That's my dude. I wouldn't go against Diaz against anybody. Just I just can't. But I was I, I thought for sure that uh, he might end up having a rough night, man. And and he came out and and impressed me a lot. Greg, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, same thing. Everybody said uh, I actually put some juice on uh, Pettis because I you know former world champ. This that another thing, you know. Uh, I also factored in the, the account that Nick Diaz was going to be a lot bigger, but coming from a three-year layoff, I was curious to know how he was going to hold up. I knew that his cardio was going to be good because, you know, we know what he does all the time and everything, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I didn't know he was going to put on that that, that kind of performance. But uh, 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 Justin did mention something that he wouldn't bet against Diaz. I'm wondering if he uh, who he bets on in his next fight against so, uh, Masaval. Oh, I, probably, I probably don't bet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Greg, can you give me that name one more time? Was that Mazaval? Mazaval. Is it Horde? George? George? It's Horde. 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 But uh, this was kind of a tale of two fights, man. Uh, you know, D.C. very, very dominant, it seemed like, earlier, you know, carrying him around on his back. And um, ultimately, though, uh, Stipe, he, he turned it on there in the fourth, uh, started drilling him, uh, you know, uh, hit him several times. I think he got a good body shot in there and uh, just, uh, man, got that belt back. And I like Stipe, too. I, I, I will say, you know. I, I, I admitted my error earlier, and I, I, I was saying DC on the podcast, but I really did uh, switch and, and go to Stipe there at the last minute. I just felt like he wanted it more, and uh, apparently he did. Uh, Justin, man, uh, I had Stipe all the way. I thought that you know I thought he was going to be pretty dominant, but those first three rounds, he just got the shit beat out of him. I mean, it was like he he couldn't get it out of his own way. DC was hitting him, you know, with everything, and. Um, you know, the, the one takedown DC had in decent top control, but didn't even have to go back to it because he was landing all those shots. Uh, but then, like you said, in the fourth round, he found the body, and I think he went to the body 16 times in that fourth round um, and finally just opened him up, you know, with those liver shots and, and came off of a liver shot with a straight right that DC didn't see and put him down, man. that DC was – he was still awake, but, I mean, one more shot, and he, he would have been asleep for a while. You know, he had a leg bent up behind him, and – um, it was a good stoppage. All right, let's go to Mark. Yeah, those sixteen body shots made all the difference. Whoever was in his corner that started calling for that shit, they need they need a bonus because he was getting his ass whipped uh, pretty bad up until that point. But man, you know, I, I took Stepe in this one. Me and Tim had talked right before it started, and he's like, "I'm leaning towards Stepe." And I don't know if anybody caught that ESPN E60 of of Daniel Cormier. But this coming in second shit is a, a trip for him. It's been his whole life. Like, he had, like, 4,000 second-place medals at his mama's house, and now he's got another one for this shit. I'm just saying, you know, it's what a tragedy to come into fighting when John Jones is a thing, much less, you know, as Steve Miocic. And, you know, he may have beat him once, but, man, beating that guy twice, that's a tall, tall order. 
All right, and then let's uh, close it out with Greg. Yeah, you're talking about Daniel Cormier coming in second his whole life and talking about, like, you know, just the luck of the draw. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're fighting John Jones and your prospective weight class. Okay, well, then I'm going to go up and I'm going to fight heavyweight and I'm going to fight, you know, the most dominant heavyweight fighter there's ever been. You know, and you go back to saying second place a lot. Hell, you know, when he was a senior at Oklahoma State, he had to wrestle fucking Kale uh, uh, Sanderson. And Kale Sanderson, 149 and 0 in college. Yep. You know, and, you know, gold medalist in the Greece Olympics and fucking Cormier wrestled him tooth and nail, you know, and, and, and one of Sanderson's toughest matches. And, uh, you know, Cormier always seeks that, you know, that, you know, that big time shit. And hell, he took, he, he filled the shoes of Kurt Angle in the Olympics at, in, uh, in 2000. I mean, so, uh, you know, and he's talking about legacy all the time. You know what? I mean, I think he's left his mark. And uh, I don't know how much he has to offer to the sport as far as spots goes because, um, I mean, I still, I'm still gonna watch him fight, but uh, I don't want to, I don't want to keep seeing him lose, because uh, I, I like Cormier, but you know, he fights the toughest competition every time. You know what I'm saying? Stipe Miocic is, is a bad dude. That's, That's a awesome. big dude, and he did, he got the shit kicked out of him for the first three rounds. And uh, Mark, he actually, uh, that was upon his own decision to start going towards the ribs and taking the body, uh, throwing the body shots, because he was referring back to the past that. Cormier, whenever he starts to uh, whenever he starts to throw, he comes back and he leaves that elbow up real high and doesn't protect. He looks protection. soft. He looks soft in the midsection, man. I mean, anybody you know, he, he may have the wrestling pedigree, but he looks soft in the midsection. And and to recognize that and to be able to utilize that after getting your ass kicked for fifteen minutes, that's some that's some next level shit. That guy's defended yeah. the heavyweight strap more than any other champion ever in history. So props to Steve, man. That was oh, his yeah, fifth. Then, that was his fifth heavyweight title win. Yeah, that's fucking well, that, remarkable. Yeah, that goes back to uh, goes back to like yeah, he is the most dominant heavyweight of all time. And like, does he uh, like like you know? Because uh, Daniel Cormier really didn't want to fight him again whenever he won, so he was kind of giving him the runaround for the for a while. So I'm wondering if Stipe does the same thing to him now and says, you know what, you made me you know dance for dance jump through hoops, and I was I defended the title four times, you know, and you you haven't defended it, you know, I just. I'm anxious uh, to see what they do now. I mean, it should it should be a while before we see another heavyweight title fight, but uh, I'm anxious to see who gets to gets to fight. See up, see uh, next. There's not really many contenders, you know. There's not uh, heavyweights not that deep. Francis is next in line. Yeah, if I was if I had a 16 year old son, I'd be having his ass in the gym every day. <laughs> Overall, UFC 241, a lot, a lot went down. A lot of, a lot of decisions. Only two finishes this whole card. Let's get a quick uh, biggest winner and loser from each of you guys. For me, I'm going to say my biggest winner is going to be Nate Diaz. I mean, he's immediately put himself right back into a big fight, big payday, and uh, you know he's on the, he's on everybody's, uh, everybody's uh, minds now. And of course, Stipe went to him as well. Uh, I'm not sure what's happening here. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, my uh, biggest loser, ah, uh, that's uh, man, I, I, I'm gonna go honestly with Devonte Smith just because he had so much hype uh, on him, and he was really there. I, you could tell that they really wanted to to start to build him up, and uh, this certainly will set him back uh, many steps. Uh, let's go to uh, Greg. Mm, biggest loser of the night would have to be. Uh, uh, I got to go with uh, with Pettis, you know. What I mean, because um, hey, that that might have been his. Uh, I mean, he broke his foot. Last few fights he's had, he's broke something, and he's fought in top notch competitors. And uh, 
uh, I just, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I like Anthony Pettis, but I'm not too super excited to watch him anymore. And after losing that fight and breaking his foot, it's going to set him back. And, you know, he's not getting any younger. Uh, biggest winner of the night would have to be, uh, yeah, I guess worthy for uh, overcoming the odds and uh, making a lot of bookies happy as well as a lot of um, people who took him on the books. So, which wasn't very many. I think his DraftKings ownership was at like 3%, 5%. Yeah, it was, it was shit. Really low. So nobody. So we always joke about, yeah, we always joke about taking the, the guy on the bottom of the totem pole and, and every week we talk about it. Every mm. week we talk about it. And we every very week, rarely like, about it. And, and, and very rarely do we ever take the guy and very seldom. Like, he, he actually comes out and wins. So, and we're just like, okay. We're That's why it's called gambling, not winning. That's true. Uh, Justin, biggest biggest winner and loser. I can't necessarily disagree on the Anthony Pettis thing, but you have to keep in mind that in his last fight, he flatlined Wonderboy at 170. You know, he, he's fighting at 145, 155, goes down to 45, back up to 55. Then just gets a wild idea. He wants to fight Wonderboy at welterweight, you know, top three, top four in the world, and goes up there and starts him. Nobody's knocked out Wonderboy, and, and Pettis flatlined him in his last fight. Um, you know, that's why Diaz took this fight was because he knew it was going to be a war you know and same thing with with Masvidal um I think Pettis has still got a long ways to go I mean he's 32 years old you know but um full of knowledge and and I you know I think he's he's always getting better um I think the winner of the night is uh all of us for getting to see Stipe's uh Irish jig afterwards I think that was my favorite part of the night um and biggest loser uh probably Huff I mean, he, you know, he's he's over 40 now, and um, he's he stayed right there at, you know, number three, number four for years and years and never gotten that title crack. And um, this kind of seals the deal that he probably never will because, you know, by the time he, he could even get that many wins, he's going to be in a walker. So I'd say uh, Sun Sal is my loser. Okay. Uh, Mark, biggest winner and loser. Loser got to be Anthony Pettis. I mean, Jesus, you can't come in on a much more a hotter streak. I mean, barring the injuries he had in the previous couple of bouts, you know, he he was still murking motherfuckers, man. And I think he had thought he had really found a home at 170. I think he just forgot how hard 170ers hit and how often they hit, you know. And uh, it's unfortunate, man. I mean, the guy was on a hot streak, and, um, you know, all good things must come to an end. It, it almost reminds me of a young B.J. Penn when he stopped actually just – winning essentially you know there's nothing that really changed in, in his life just the winning stopped and uh man that's a hard thing for a fighter that's not of of, of super age yet you know that's a hard thing but biggest winner jesus man i mean how can you not give it to steve uh life's better with that belt i'm willing to bet my ball sack and my kids on it um it, it's just a fact you know you you get a lot of luxuries that are afforded with that belt you know um he's got a fresh born daughter and uh that's his world but I think lots better with that belt. You know, there's still a bunch of dudes chasing you around. They're trying to kick your ass. And that will wrap up our uh, coverage of UFC 241. A little bit of a uh, softer week this week. Of course, we've got Bellator 225. Uh, and that's about it as far as big shows go. But we'll do a, uh, we'll touch on it real briefly uh, we've, because we do know uh, quite a few fighters on this one. Of course, uh, that is going down this Saturday. And it's going to be in Bridgeport, Connecticut. The main event is Matt Mitrione versus Sergey Karatonov, uh, part two, a rematch there. Uh, Co-main event, Vitaly Minikov takes on Javier Ayala in another heavyweight fight. And then, uh, of course, we have uh, the uh, 
Alejandra Lara versus Taylor Turner fight. Of course, Taylor, uh, you know, someone that we are uh, we are we are very familiar with here in East Tennessee. Uh, you know, she's fought many times for Valor, a co-owner of Valor, and then also, uh, you know, the uh, first lady of KMA, if you will. So she's coming off a big win over Heather Hardy. And uh, she will be taking on uh, the experienced Colombian fighter, Alejandra Lara, which uh, is going to be a very tough test, but uh, one that I'm sure Taylor's up for. Uh, Tyrell Fortune, uh, 6-0, a uh, decorated wrestler, takes on Rudy Shafroth, who's also 6-0. And then rounding out the main card is David Rickles taking on Yaroslav Amosov, who is 21-0. Uh, on the prelims, we've got uh, Corey Browning, another East Tennessee guy. He's coming off wins over uh, Baby Slice and Aaron Chalmers, uh, both you know celebrity types that uh, Bellator was looking to build, and he's knocked both of those guys off. Now he really takes a big jump into the deep end against Nick Newell. Uh, it, up in Nick Newell's backyard, it's a really tough Oof. fight for Corey, but uh, he'll be looking to to shock the world once again. Uh, also on the undercard, you got Conry Gracie, uh, you've got uh, Mike Kimball, you've got uh, Timothy Johnson, who's in the UFC, and then uh, also of note, we've got uh, Austin Vanderford, uh, M- Mr. Van Zant, uh, taking on Joseph Creer from down in Georgia, down uh, Jeff's way. He steps in for Doug Usher on short notice uh overall thoughts on this bellator 225 card justin what happened what to happened? doug usher I, I just saw today that he was off what with uh, i think he had some he had some issues um some medical issues that that uh, forced him off the card about a week ago two weeks no, about a week ago we can have yeah my last week all right <clears throat> um i'm out i'm obviously super excited to see uh taylor going there against uh, alejandro laura you know laura was um, seven and one, you know, got got to fight for the title in Bellator, yeah. uh, got beat, and then you know coming off of a split decision loss after that. But you know she's one of the top bantamweights in 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 Bellator, so um, <clears throat> you know it's it's a huge test for Taylor, but um, we'll be pulling for her for sure. Um, you know, obviously like to see Corey go out there and do well, but uh, I'm real excited to see Nick Newell make make the jump over to a big promotion you know and he was in World Series of Fighting he he really made some statements over there I think his only loss was Justin Gaethje um you know and then he, he got on the contender series last year and, and dropped one but um you know he's back now and man it's I hope Corey's ready because he, he's gonna have his hands full in that one for sure um always like seeing David Rickles fight that'll be entertaining um, the heavyweights, the, the main event's kind of interesting. You know, these guys both got six losses, losses, but Karatanov has 15 more wins than uh, the Mitrion. Mitrion's got 13 wins total, and Karatanov's got 15 more than that. Yeah, he's got more wins than he has fights, than Mitrion has fights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on this uh, Bellator 225 event? I'm not going to have a... Yeah, like keep keep harping on all the fights y'all hit. You know, all the ones I'm excited for with uh, Nick New, Nick New and Corey Corey Browning. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see Taylor and uh, maybe Matt Matrion won't kick him in the nuts this time, and uh, uh, maybe maybe something. Maybe maybe we get to see a full fight. Mark, I would downplay Mitrion, man. Mitrion's a bad motherfucker, dude. I mean. <laughs> Oh, I'm putting him on the books. The nuts, you know what I mean? I'm putting him on the books. I got him on the books, heavy. But Nick Newell, uh, that's a that's a tough, tough one for Corey Browning. His toughest one to date, and I mean, he's fought some guys that that looked the part and talked the part, and he stopped the shit out of him. 
And I hope he does the same to Nick Newell, and I love Nick Newell. So there you go. Again, Bellator 225 goes down this Saturday night. I believe this is a DAZN card. No, it is on Paramount Network. The undercard, I guess, is probably on DAZN. So if you want to see the uh, Corey Browning fight, then you're going to have to catch it online. But uh, Taylor will be the feature bout there on the main card. And that's Saturday night at 9 o'clock for the main card on the Paramount Network. And with that, let's jump into our slate of interviews. Up first on the line, we have got Taylor Turner. She returns to the Bellator cage this weekend. Uh, By the time this thing drops, she'll be getting ready to weigh in, actually. Thursday, she'll be taking on Alejandra Lara, uh, Colombian fighter, uh, fresh off of a big win in her Bellator debut. Uh, You know, uh, we we talked about that, and we talked to to Taylor uh, after that fight uh, when she beat Heather Hardy. So uh, this time, we're going to catch up with her before she goes into battle. Taylor, how's it going? You're, You're already up there in Connecticut. We are. We just got here a little bit ago and already had, you know, all the some of the BDS stuff to do and pictures and had our first workout up here. And now we're kind of just settling in at the moment. So it's going well. Awesome. Awesome. That's good to hear. Of course, this time you are on the main card. Uh, the last time you were on the prelims. So has there been any difference uh, as far as the, the media and the I think you had to be there maybe a day earlier than you did last time, if I'm if I'm recalling correctly. Well, I think last time, because of the person I was fighting in the name, they actually brought us out early. Anyhow, she had tons of media to do, and I really didn't have any at all, which was totally fine, you know, especially for my first experience. It was it was all eye-opening and awesome. But, um, yeah, tomorrow we have a little bit more media to do. And um, I think there's something at three, I have some interviews, and then some workouts or something, too. So we're not um, – we're getting a lot of exposure, so that's really good. Definitely, definitely. Now, uh, one thing that uh, has happened in this fight that a lot of people might not know about, this was originally set to be a flyweight bout, uh, and it's been moved now to bantamweight. And uh, by by no fault of yours, of course, and from what I can gather, no fault of your opponents, it was uh, the commission there. Uh, and usually, I think when they when they do Connecticut shows, they use the Mohegan Sun Tribal Commission. But this uh, card is not uh, under them; it's under the actual Connecticut Commission. So uh, apparently, uh, there was a, a bit of a, uh, a snafu on uh, them allowing the fight to go on at flyweight. Talk a little bit about that, and if if that will impact, you know, how you think that impacts the fight, if at all. So, yeah, um, and I guess it, MMA has just recently, more recently become legal up in Connecticut so they can have it off of the um, casinos and everything like that. And so we're dealing with a, a new commission, uh, for us at least, this way. And kind of what happened, and it was, you know, last time for my fight, and other fights before, I understand the commission's like you to be within a certain percentage of your body weight, uh, but I kind of like got a jump start on my medicals. I thought I'd get ahead of it. I was so excited about the fight. So I went before I even started cut weight. You stepped on the scale, she was on after lunch, like that kind of thing. So my weight was up a little bit higher, but I didn't think it was a problem. Well, the athletic commission up here kind of didn't like that I was within, like um, they wanted me within 10 pounds, I believe, or 12 pounds of our fight weight. And so, you know, they asked if I could make weight. And I was like, oh, sure, you know, what do I have to be? And they said 138. We went and I cut a little bit of weight because by this point when they caught it I had started to already diet and, and I cut pretty quickly and um, from and I walk around usually like around 145 or less so I wasn't that big to begin with so it was pretty easy but long story short they still didn't like it they wanted to go with the original number so they moved it up to 135 which honestly I've kind of learned in this game that if you're you know 
stuck in it has to be one way or do one thing and that you know where you're mentally at then it can mess with you so you just got to be willing to go and where she's normally a 125 fighter too um and clearly i am as this next fourth time this year making 125 i have no problem moving up you know it'd be one thing if she hasn't fought in a couple of years and we didn't know how big she was and you kind of you know maybe guess is she really 125 but okay. it works for me and especially where i got to travel with my uh, with one of my teammates recently out to vegas for uh shanna for her um, UFC debut thing on the Dana White Contender Series that I got to travel and be a better partner for her. So I honestly believe it was a gift from God. So, you know, all all systems go. We're good. Nice, nice. So, uh, you know, at least you're not in the throes of a weight cut tonight, so I don't feel as bad about bothering you the <laughs> night before you weigh in. Otherwise, I would be like, wow, we're not going to do this. I'm sure she's uh, she's not, not real real happy right now, although you're always happy, I must say. Uh, so, uh, so this, uh, this time around was, uh, you know, is there, has there been any, any difference do you think in, uh, you know, the last time, you know, I think it was fairly well known. You were a big underdog there against Heather Hardy. A lot of people were riding you off. You pulled off a, a dominant win there. Uh, does that, do you, do you feel like that's giving you a little more, uh, I don't know what the word would be street cred, I guess we'll say. You know, I think in some ways, but you know, um, it's kind of funny because as we, read some of the articles that I post on there. I swear nobody can get my record right. I mean, some people are still like, she hasn't won since four years ago. And I'm like, I know I'm not super famous, but come on folks. Like, yeah. I fought two months ago. Like I got it on top of it. You know, this is, like I said, I mean, within the past, my fourth fight this year, you know, and hopefully my fourth win this year. So some people have me as two and five and all over the place. So honestly, I, I don't mind being the underdog. I don't mind if they get all that stuff wrong. It, it's all good. And it's, just part of it. So I honestly, I just like last time, I think it was a good introduction to the, the big stage of Bellator world. I mean, you know, Madison Square Garden, obviously in front of a huge crowd, et cetera. So now, and it's so close to the last one, I feel like this is, well, it is what I do. And so I'm just kind of going into it. And there's always some nerves and some excitement as there should be, but you know, underdog favored, I don't really know. And I don't really care. I just, I'm excited to go in there and try something new with a really game MMA opponent this time too. So um, you know, that last time I got to go against was the best of the world in boxing and it was the MMA world. So I kind of uh, capitalized on that. But now I get to test my skills against a really good MMA fighter. So I'm, I'm excited. Absolutely. Of course, we're joined by our good friend, Greg Hopkins. He does the commentary on all the Valor uh, fighting uh, mm-hmm. challenge shows and uh, has ob- obviously been rooting for you from home as well. Greg, what do you have for uh, for Taylor? <laughs> Super stoked for you, Taylor. He's always pulling for you. He's out there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I, I just, I just, I just threw it to you, Greg. Oh, I, the hell, I don't know what happened. Like everybody just quit talking. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Heather. Uh, oh, hey, you're I fine. I know you, you're awesome, so don't worry. All right, thank you. Uh, since, uh, since MSG, is anything in your personal life, or as far as the MMA community, changed? Like, what, what's different now? Is anything? Is everything? Are you still like the sweet, you know, Taylor Turner, or are you? I mean. Uh, I, I just tell me, tell me what's changed since then. Um, I honestly think, I mean, I guess that would be a better question for, um, people around me to be able to say, you know, if I've changed or anything, but I, I honestly think I'm old enough and I've been in this field long enough and I've been through some pretty hard ringers in it to stay humble and to remember, I mean, I am who I am because of all the hardships and I don't ever want to forget that or lose that part. So I'm still excited. I'm still happy. I'm, you know, I've gotten to this point in life where I, like I said, I, I, I don't, I feel the pressures, but I, I don't feel them like I used to. So that's still the same. Um, 
So I hope that answered your question. There was a little bit of noise in the background, so I couldn't hear it all. So forgive me if I didn't. Well, <laughs> I was a uh, uh, well. Uh, I mean, a little bit more personal. Like, uh, I mean, have they have they seen the value in your worth, and are they taking a lot better care of you in this spot? As far as that goes, is what I'm really saying is like, is there more of a demand of uh, Taylor now? Gotcha. I see. I gotcha. You know, honestly, Bellator was very nice from the beginning. Um, and I, you know, in my very first fight, they clearly everybody like looked at me like I was a dead man walking. <laughs> I, was mm-hmm. I mean, they were very grateful I was here, and everybody was nice. But there was that. So, no, I say like this time, you know, we were even just downstairs in the workout, getting our workout in with some of the Bellator people who were working on their their own stuff too. And they were in there and pretty nice, saying hi. And they were, you know, said, "Oh, we're so glad that you took this fight last minute. You know, thank you so much for stepping up." And um, they seemed very, um, it wasn't necessarily last minute, but they had somebody fall through and that's how I got the spot. Um, I jumped on it. Um, and they seemed very grateful for it. So everybody is, is very nice and professional. Um, I would say, you know, people online have gotten a little bit nicer overall, uh, but there still are lots of people who hate on things and stuff. So oh, yeah. just keep my head down and go forward. So that's, that's kind of it. But no, I mean, everybody here is great and they're definitely told me I've earned my spot. So that feels it's very good to hear a pat on my back and, you know, um, for all the hard work, that's a big, big feather in my cap right. to hear them say that. I feel you. And uh, since we're talking about the, uh, you know, the internet and the articles and let's talk about respect factor, you know, I mean, the internet can be pretty brutal. And I've read some oh. of the stuff that people have been saying about you. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you know, the girl just, you know, she just went out there and performed on a world champion boxer <laughs> and you guys are sitting there talking smack about it. I was like, I was like, I love to have them. I'm over there defending you on Instagram. I'm like, you know what, man, y'all don't know. And, uh, you're my but, favorite. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, I love you. So like, well, like, okay. So speaking of respect, uh, where do you respect your opponent in this aspect, uh, and this fight and, uh, where should she respect you? You know, um, from like I've kind of said in the past, I've gotten away from myself from watching a whole lot of films. I just listen to what my coaches say, specifically Eric and uh, he's watched it. You know, she's a good karate person. She comes from a, a good striking background. Um, and then from there, I believe on the ground, you know, she's well-rounded overall. She's an MMA fighter. So she's got that. She's at the Bellator level. Everybody's good at this point. So, um, the, her standup, I think is something to be respected. And then also they say she you know, works well with leg locks and heel hooks and things like that. So we've, you know, focused more on that. And thankfully I have a lot of teammates that do all kinds of different stuff. So I get a good taste of it all. Um, some karate type styles and I've gotten to, to defend a little bit. So, um, I tend to watch out for that the most, I'd say for me for her, one of the things that people haven't really gotten a chance to see is I really am one of the best strikers in my gym in a way. I mean, when we spar, people have a hard time getting around my length. I really worked on that over the past couple of years, being able to use it. It just hasn't been part of my, my game plan. Um, so I think to, even though she's good at the stand up to discredit me and, and my punches and everything would be a mistake. And then, you know, I'm a purple belt in jujitsu and our gym is a very strict gym. So a purple belt means a lot coming from our place. Um, so I'd say on the ground, I work well for my back. I work well for most positions. I really, really like the fun of, of jujitsu. So those are probably some spots that, that they should watch out for. Well, heck yeah, I'll be there watching you Friday night. And uh, like, just like last time I was uh, screaming, like, and I have out there with a bunch of friends saying, hey, it's my girl right here. Like, y'all just want oh, to see she's going to win. <laughs> And of course, you know, I'm down here in like, you know, not, not Atlanta, Georgia, but more like Squidbilly, Georgia with a bunch of rednecks and don't, you know, they don't, they don't really follow the game. They're like, okay, we'll see what happens. And then I'm up jumping and cheering like a schoolgirl, And they're all like, why are you so excited? I'm like, y'all don't understand. I'm just, y'all don't get it. It's just, oh, I love the home team. It's awesome. 
I can't tell you how much that makes, like, all of my, my hometown people say that, the people that, that come to Valor Fights, and all of you guys have supported us, because, like, I've, I've said a million times, I've been through the, the ring of the long road, I haven't quit, and, you know, for all of you that supported me, when I go in there, yes, you're by yourself, but I swear, I honestly do feel the love from it all, and even, you know, during the wake cut, when I start to get a little bit, like, oh my gosh, you know, it's, and even listen, as a heart of one, I'm still strict on my diet. You know, there's days you want to quit and can't. I just think of all the people who believe in me. And, you know, I, I can't predict win, lose, or draw, but I know I can give my all. And my all, I'm betting that it, it will work. Um, I'm so grateful to have all of you behind me, and I can feel it. No, we're feeling it, too. When you win, we feel it. You know, when and Shana, you know, had that loss on the – we all felt it. You know what I'm saying? So when you win, we're yeah. feeling it. And when, we, and when we lose, we all feel it, too. It's just one big – you know, a shout out to Shane and man. Uh, but I, I'm excited to see you find best of skills and the best of luck to you. Can't wait. Well, thank you. And I just, one more thing, you know, I can talk for hours, so I, I promise I won't <laughs> keep going, but, um, like on that note, even, I think that's one of the best parts about the past and having losses and all that kind of thing, or what people do lose. If you really get to see who's there, I mean, you see how the internet is when you even win, you know, I mean, and, and I've seen a lot of my teammates go through it, you know, Vince is one up and his downs and stuff. And obviously he's big and famous out there. So the internet will be fake and they will hate you win or lose, you know, but then you start a couple wins on you, they'll start to love you. But knowing who really has your back, honestly, I think is one of the best things to help keep me humbled and grounded for anybody. So I don't read the internet. I just listen to what the people I care about say. And, and it means a lot. So honestly, I can't thank you all enough. I love that perspective for sure. Before we let you go, Taylor, I'm going to give you, uh, let you, uh, you know, have the mic, give some shout outs where they're due, any sponsor love, training partners, all that kind of good stuff. Again, uh, Taylor will be fighting uh, this, uh, this, this, this weekend, this Friday, I guess it is on uh, Bellator. Saturday, Saturday. Oh, it was Saturday, okay. Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So you're not weighing in tomorrow. Okay. Right on. No. Uh, you'll just be, you'll just be getting your way the next day when this thing drops. So Saturday, it's going to be <laughs> on the main card. You're, you're right before the, the co-main event. So you're, you've got a really nice, Nice, uh, you know, spotlight uh, on you as far as card placement goes. Uh, we got another uh, Tennessee boy up there, uh, Corey Browning, going to fight Nick Newell. So we got a couple East Tennessee representatives up there, and uh, I'm going to let you have the mic. Give, uh, give, give the shout outs where they are due. Awesome. Well, yeah, and I obviously couldn't do this without all the love and support from back home, and that includes my sponsors. Clearly, Knoxville Martial Arts Academy and all of my awesome teammates there. We are. We bleed together, we cry together, and they've all been there and, you know, celebrate together. I, I can't thank you all enough. Uh, Frankie's Body Shop, you know, he gets me in shape. He's one of the best strength and conditioning coaches there is, so I love him so much. Um, other places, Country Cascade Water Park, uh, Eddie's Health Shop, you know, they have provided me with uh, the nutrition and, and advice that I need on supplements. Richard's Printing, I my banners and all the nice stuff that I have and my shirts and stuff, they, they put that together. Overhaul Karate Studio. The Ridge Outdoor Resort, Total Ascent Wear, Fancy Paws Pet Salon of Minnesota, then Evo Chocolate. I get to talk about on a weight cut. That's amazing. Um, G-Force Fitness. That's out of Seymour right there. Um, Red Square Lawn and Landscaping Management. It's Kent Paris. He's an amazing landscaper. If anybody needs something, please call him. Tennessee Spine. Dr. Josh Chambers keeps me healthy and fit for all this and be able to be 36 and do this. That's awesome. Cotton Eye Joe's, Chuck Ward, their love that they show us for our fights, for um, all the local fighters, and including me, I, it, I tell them all the time, I mean, they, they don't realize how much it really impacts people's lives, and so it's awesome. Um, Volunteer Solutions, Electrical Contractor, and the Wellkey Urgent Care are some of my main sponsors right there. I know there's a lot of them, so thanks for listening, but they are fantastic. And obviously, my husband and coach, um, Eric Turner, 
and Joey Zonar and uh, Chris Adcock, who will be coming out here to be in my corners this time. Well, one thing has changed since last time, and that's that you've got a heck of a lot more sponsors on your back, it sounds like. So that's one thing that's going your way, it sounds like. That's good. I think a lot of people would envy that list right there. Once again, this has been Taylor Turner. Root her on this weekend, Saturday, Bellator 225, taking on Alejandra Lar in the feature bout. It'll be late on the car right before the co-main event. Make sure you check it out. Thanks so much for the time, Taylor. Good skills. Thank you so much, y'all. We hope we'll bring home a victory, and we'll see you guys at the next Taylor show. All right, finally on the line tonight, we have got Rebecca Brigman on the line. She's going to be making her much-anticipated professional debut at Valor 63. She's going to be taking on Carmen Malegros Zamora. There's a, there's a lot of names there, and it confuses me a lot, but uh, it's going to be a, an atom weight contest, 105 pounds, professionals. And uh, I'm really pumped for this fight. Rebecca, how's it going? I'm good. I actually just got training right now from Jiu-Jitsu myself. Um and then I'm going to go do Miss with Eric. He's come down talking to you guys. So I'm pretty pumped. I'm pretty ready. So, and then I think she ain't ready. She doesn't know what she's in for. I think uh, that, that the whole uh, state of Tennessee may, maybe doesn't know what they're in for. Uh, you know, of course. No, they really don't. You know, this is going to be like a heaven versus hell fight. So, That's what um, I was saying. That's what I was saying. Yeah. We've, got, we've got both ends of the spectrum here, about as far uh, as we can get away from each other here. And so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun one. And, and and honestly, when it comes down to styles too, you know, you you know, you you've obviously got really good striking. Uh, you know, uh, an extensive Muay Thai background as well. Uh, and Carmen, you know, she she wrestled. You know, so it's definitely kind of your uh, you know your uh, the your your typical uh, you know grappler versus versus striker contest here. You know, you said you just got finished working some ground skills there uh you know obviously that's that's a, a part of your game that i'm sure you want to is make sure is touched up for this one absolutely yeah i just started taking wrestling too at uh long island mma and yeah i've been getting my ground work came in so you know she she has she, i've got a lot of uh weapons to use and i'm gonna put it on it now, of course, uh, you know, your uh, your significant other is Blood Axe, Eric Olson, who has uh, made a name for himself down here in a really short time. Loved hosting yeah. him back <laughs> in, uh, in, I guess it was May, uh, is when he, May or June, Eric was here, and he fought on our stadium show. And, man, uh, the consummate professional. You know, I, I don't know that I have dealt with a more professional fighter ever, to tell you the truth. And, you know, he if you follow him on social media, you know, he is a wild man, and he puts off all kinds of crazy videos, and he's tatted up, and, you know, he, he seems like maybe he wouldn't be so professional, but, but he really is. And so, uh, you know, working with you guys has, has been a treat, uh, you know, and, and Eric made a lot of fans down here. He was a lot, he's got a really good following down here now. Uh, you know, is, uh, what, what kind of uh, played into your decision to come down here and, uh, and, and get in the cage, uh, with Valerie? He, I'm hoping he spoke highly of us. Yes, he did. He, uh, I look forward to coming down there and, uh, fighting on your promotion because, it's going to be a good experience flying down. I've never flown anywhere before, oh, wow. per se, from any one of my fights. So this will be a brand new experience, and I'm definitely going to make it worth it. Of course, we've got Greg on the line. He does uh, the commentary for the broadcast, so he'll be calling your fight. Greg, what Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah, what, what have you got for uh, for Rebecca, Greg? Hey, Rebecca. I, uh, I, I'm, I was looking up all your stats online, you know, and I follow you on, on Facebook and whatnot, but you're no slouch. You know, you're ranked top 15% in the country and the top 200 out of 1,200 girls in the country. So you're like, you ain't no hoe, you know what I mean? You're, you ain't no weak, weak bitch. So, like, you're coming out of New York, you're ranked top 10 up there. You're making your pro jump. Correct me if I'm wrong right now. You're 2-0 in MMA, and, uh, and, and you, you suffered one loss in kickboxing. Uh, is there any touch-up on that? 
Yeah, no, that's that's more or less correct. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Well, uh, like you said, you started wrestling and everything. Um, uh, we have already went over where you uh, where you're going to respect your opponent in the game and where you know she needs to respect you. But uh, and you live an alternative lifestyle. You know, you're also tatted up. Your tongue's yeah. Split. Uh, you're coming down here. I mean, I'm sure up there where you're from, there's not a church on every corner. But when you come down here to Tennessee and the Bible Belt, you're going to see a bunch of churches, <laughs> and a lot of people are going to see you when you come out there. And you're obviously going to be a spectacle to a lot of people. I want my picture made with you, by the way, too. Yeah, I, so, I really uh, hope people come up to me and say the power of Christ compels me because that doesn't work. That's only working in the movies. So, throw some holy water on me. It's not going to fucking work. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see you. And for the people that don't know you yet, uh, you're going to blow up, and this is awesome that you're going to be fighting on our promotion, and I'm excited to have you, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and cut this because me and you could talk all day about, you know, what's going to happen and what what what, what could be, but uh, uh, I'm personally, I'm digging this fight, and I'm excited to see these fireworks. Uh, one 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 question, what uh, one final question, what has uh, inspired your passion for MMA? What made you want to do this, period? Well, for a long time, since I was like 15, I used to actually go to Tiger Showman's when I was younger. And uh, they actually put me on the back burner. They never put me in the tournament. They had favorites in there. So I just said, screw them. And then I went through my teens, you know, just being a teenager, you know, hanging out, partying. And then I met Eric at like 19. And then I just, he said he trains people. And I said, I want to fight and take some anger out on people because I have a lot of childhood, you know, abuse and all that good stuff that makes us who we are today. So, yeah, that's pretty much what made me want to fight. Take ass, take names, and tally it up. Tally up the body count. <laughs> well, hell, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, that's right. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is, uh, is Blood X coming down there to the fight with you? Are you going to corner you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, awesome. I can't wait to see both of you. Best of skills. So it's going to be luck. Team Satan. At the Cotton Eye Joe. Now, the Cotton Eye Joe, you know, it's a, it's a honky-tonk. You know, it's a it's a country a country barb. It's pretty awesome, actually. I think you guys will like it. And, yeah. uh, and, and it's a very intimate atmosphere in that, you know, the, the crowd is very uh, lively and electric and like up on the cage and shit, you know, not, not touching the cage, but it's, but it is like, you, you can get pretty close. So oh, that's uh, awesome. it's, it's going to be a good. So I'll get blood splattered all over the fucking audience. Yeah. You sure, you yeah. sure can happen. That, yeah. As long as you don't get it in my drink, you know, then I'll, I'll be okay. Oh, come on. That's I, all the fun I, stuff. That's all the fun <laughs> stuff. A little alcohol, a little blood don't hurt no one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Everybody gets tested. It right, it's clean. It's clean. Hey, why y'all, why y'all bullshitting? I'll probably drink Caleb Miller's blood along with a few other people just because I'm sitting right there next to you, and that does happen actually. <laughs> he was too lazy to get up and get another drink. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> well, Rebecca, I want to give you, I want to give you a chance to give some shout outs where they're due. Any guys, sponsors, training partner, love you want to give? Uh, we're certainly looking forward to having you down here. And of course, your man Eric's going to be uh, down here just three weeks later. He's going to be uh, fighting uh, on our Valor sixty four card. So hopefully, you can make it down here and uh, reciprocate the uh, the corner love. Right, right, yeah. So uh, I'm going to make a shout out to Christian Servo, Brooke Ryan, Anthony Gianchia. Uh, Mastom Jim and One Island MMA, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And Eric, because he's coming down with me, so. <laughs> Once again, this has been Rebecca Brigman. Make sure, oh, well, before we before we before we uh, close, I want to let uh, let you tell people where they can follow you on social media because it's definitely worth following, and uh, you know, get your get your following up even more if we can. All right, you can follow me on Instagram. It's the underscore last 
underscore Stargarian. It's S C A R R Garian, like Targaryen from the Game of Thrones. If you watch Game of Thrones, ah. um, yeah. So then I have my Facebook is Rebecca Arcturus, so you can follow me there. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> Once, oh, again, <laughs> Once again, this has been Rebecca Brigman making her pro debut, Valor 63, here in two short weeks at the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe, Knoxville, Tennessee. If you can't make it down here, you can watch it live on Flow Combat. Hear the sweet sounds of Greg Hopkins. Everybody Thomas. better buy a fucking ticket because if yeah. they don't, I'm going to make them burn in hell. Oh Lord, you heard it. You heard it. She means it, folks. She, she means she's not even joking. That's the that's the thing. No, so, I'm not listen. joking. I'm Satan's little girl. You'll see it when you come down there. When I come down there. Once again, this has been Satan's little girl herself, Rebecca Brigman. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Good skills here, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, I'll see you down there. Thank you so much to our guests for joining us. Of course, uh, Taylor Turner, you can catch her on Bellator 225. And then uh, Rebecca Brigman, you can catch on Valor 63 here in two short weeks. Before we wrap it up, guys, uh, a couple uh, news and notes to hit on here. The UFC announced a bout between two Valor vets uh, coming up here. Uh, man, to tell you the truth, I don't. I don't think I know when, but <laughs> maybe you, one of you guys could correct me there. But it's going to be a GM3, Gerald Mearshart, taking on your boy, Eric Anders. Two guys that have uh, both main evented Valor cards and maybe back to back. Was it uh, 36, and 36 and 37? Yeah. So uh, that's super cool to see those guys squaring off. Two really good guys. I'm a fan of both. And a uh, really hard fight to call. It's a, it's a tale of two styles. Uh, I want to get your take on it, Justin. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That, that one kind of came out of nowhere for me. I never really even um, put two and two together that, that they were in the same weight class for, for whatever reason. But um, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. You know, uh, your boys, uh, your boys, an animal, uh, you know, physical <laughs> specimen. But Mearshart's man, Mearshart's just nasty, dude. You know, he, he can he can stop you at any time during the fight. You know, he's, he's just super tricky. Um, uh, that'll be a fun fight to watch, man, for sure. Mark, your your take, man. You talk about two of the most loved human beings I know, man. Uh, Gerald, Gerald got that jiu-jitsu, son. He's uh he's slick on the ground, man. GM three probably one of my favorite uh, defensive jiu-jitsu guys in the game. Also the best saxophone player you've ever seen. But we'll, we'll, that's another podcast, another day, whatever. But shout out to GM three. But man, Eric Anders, dude, he wants to pound you through the mat, and yeah, he's real good at it. Yeah, uh, he's real physical, real strong. This fight is going to be one of those that, that whoever's the stronger dude is going to prevail and 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 can implement their will and Godspeed to them both. Love them both. And finally, Greg. Uh, just two two spectacles, two specimens that uh, I wouldn't want to really be on either side of that fight. To be honest, it's going to be a tough one, and I'm excited to see it. Of course, uh, we'll wrap things up here tonight with uh, some one thing I want to start doing every week, and that's just uh, kind of updating everyone on the fights that have come to fruition on the Valor cards. We went through uh, a lot last week, but just kind of jumping over to uh, in, to some things that have been uh, added since then. Uh, no, no real changes on the uh, the Knoxville card for September the sixth, uh, Valor sixty three. We've been talking about that all night. Uh, nothing really uh, changed there. Uh, of course, for the Saudi car, we we have had some changes. Uh, we have uh, we've moved some things around here. Now it's going to be Devin Garten 
taking on Jake Phillips for the 135 tie title. So we've uh, shifted over there. I think that's going to be a really interesting fight. And then uh, we've also switched around Jordan Lewis, uh, the younger of the Lewis brothers there at High Stand, will be making his MMA debut against Cody Sprague out of Knoxville. Uh, plus, we also have Jalen Harper taking on Nabil Khan from High Stand as well. And, uh, and the one that I'm uh, really – two, actually, I'll say. Three, uh, three – fuck it. we got three to, uh, to talk about right now that, that I'm really pumped for. Bubba Cruz, bad news. He returns to the cage. This time he'll be taking on Colton Dunn. Uh, step up from uh, his, his competition last time. And uh, Colton will be dropping to 170 for the first time. And then, of course, uh, the two big amateur fights that I'm real pumped for we just made. Andrew Sturdivant taking on Alex Pergrand, who is a phenom out of uh, national MMA. Sturdivant, uh, you know, no stranger to the Valor Cage. Always exciting. Always brings it. Fought a, a, a plethora of tough guys. Really, really solid fighter. Alex Pergrand, 18 years old and uh, very highly touted at, out of uh, national MMA. And then it'll be the 145 title on the line. Rambo Joe Long returns as he takes on Josh Lewis for that 145 strap in a, in a fight that's going to be fire, I promise. Uh, Greg, your take. Wait, what, what'd you say, Josh? Who's fighting? No, 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 no. You said that, you, time out, you said Joe Long's fighting in Saudi? Joe Long was going to be fighting in Nashville, but we couldn't get his opponent on board to do that. So now we're going to move Joe Long to the Saudi card. He's going to defend his 145 strap against Josh Lewis. Oh, okay, that threw me off because I was almost 100% he was fighting in Nashville, and I was like, did he just say Joe Long's fighting here at home? Well, that's yes, awesome, man. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. This is all news to me, so that just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, that's awesome because that's going to bring more of the uh, of the Killer Bee family to uh, to Chattanooga. You know what I'm saying? It's Saudi Daisy. This is going to be awesome. Um, yeah, and uh, go back to who uh, Jake Phillips was fighting again. Jake Phillips is now going to be taking on Devin Garten. Uh, we were going to do try to do him and Cam Cam Wallace, and I I haven't been able to get a confirmation from Cam. So now it's going to be uh, it's going to be Devin Garten at 135. Devin, oh well, that'd be weren't they already supposed to fight once before, or is that uh, no no? I don't think so. There was some talk about it, and Devin, uh, you know, he didn't get to fight this last time because his opponent fucked us, and so uh, now we're gonna we're gonna move things around a little bit and 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 have a real solid fight there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a solid Muay Thai fight, man, and I'm excited to see that one right there. There's a that that Saudi card's turning out to be pretty stellar. I'm really, I'm really excited for the whole the whole thing's solid. Moving on to the Nashville card, we do have some additions there now. Uh, David Lewis versus Tyler Edwards is a go. That's going to be a really solid fight, as well as the pro debuts of both Zach's, uh, Zach Orton and Seth Sergo. Uh, then we've also added uh, some other uh, fights for that card. Michael Cribb takes on the returning Kiara West. It's been a minute since we've seen that guy. Uh, we've got Joey Torres taking on Andrew Porritt. Jose Molina, undefeated 5-0 from National MMA, taking on Caleb Austin, who we know is a hell of a fighter. Always puts on a show there. Uh, We'll also see uh, Clay Malone back in the cage taking on Clint Odom. And uh, we've got tie, a tie fight, Andrea Lease from National MMA versus Abby Earwood from Alabama. So <laughs> that is uh, some additions we've got uh, for the national card. Anything there uh, stand out to you, Greg? Uh, go back. Did you say David Lewis is fighting? Um, David Lewis and Tyler Edwards. Right. Is, that, is that David uh, Lewis had a high stand? That's the one. Oh man, well I'm excited to see him. I know he's been looking for a fight for a real long time. So that's and he's fighting in Nashville. That's awesome. 
Well, I'll be there. Uh, you just you're throwing names out of everywhere. You say Clay Malone's on this card too now. Clay Malone, Clay Malone. Yeah, we're 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 trying to put together a decent little show. It might not stand up. This to, is a, to, it might not stand up to every show in the South, but uh, but it, it'll be all right. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying that like it, these cards are all just getting better. I think people are just watching Valor a lot more, like on Flow, and and you know, and people are seeing who's coming out and who's winning and who's shining and. Uh, you're starting to see it. What I thought you originally said when you said David Lewis, I thought you meant David Robbins. I thought Charlie Alexander had like dropped off the card. I thought I'd misheard you say that David Robbins had a new opponent. And that's yeah. when I was like, wait, what did you say? David Lewis. Okay. So, cause I would hate, hate to miss the uh, Charlie Alexander and David Robbins spot. And no, then you're also, going to get both of those. Oh, I'm excited for all of it. That's this that is uh, this next you. two hey. months. Uh, Do what? That's that BOGO for you, brother. That's it that is, it, I'm excited, dude. And, then, and now, and now Joseph's going to be on the Chattanooga card. There's going to be a lot of people, dude. People better get their damn tickets mounted of that one because it's going to be sold out. Like, oh, agreed. I know it's that, over a month no away. People are coming out to that shit, man. That's that's a hell of a show in a hell of a facility. Oh yeah, big 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 pool of uh, competitors out of Chattanooga all wanting to be on that card, and it's hard to get on there. And if you're able to get on there, uh, guys, you got to better stay over there. That's going to do it, folks, for this week of the Valor Hour. Of course, next week we are back with more preview talk uh, for Valor 63. We'll do some more interviews. We will recap Bellator 225, see how Miss Taylor Turner fared in her bout there with Alejandra Lara. All that and so much more. And uh, before I go, I want to thank my, my host here tonight for joining me for the long haul. Of course, Justin Watson, Mark Laws, Greg Hopkins. Thanks to my guests as well, Rebecca Brigman and Taylor Turner. Until next week, I'm Tim Loy signing off. Valor hey, Hour, we're out. This is a Sitting Ringside with David Penzer Quick Fix on Radio Influence. This week on Sitting Ringside brought to you by CBS Sports HQ. Brand new segment, Whatever Happened To? And we're going to start it out by talking to former WCW superstar Ice Train. Real name, Harold Hogue. We're going to talk to Harold about how he got involved in the professional wrestling business. Tell some great fun stories about his time in Germany with some of my favorite people, Dave Finley, Dave Taylor, and Tony St. Clair. Great stuff that we talk about. Plus, returning to WCW, his thoughts about wrestling the Steiners and tag teaming with Scott Norton. Did he ever consider going to WWF slash E? And why did he leave the wrestling business? Plus, whatever happened to, what's he doing now? Find out that and lots more. The great conversation with Ice Train, brought to you by CBS Sports HQ. Sitting ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.